We have Rusty Maisel with us in the studio again, and we're exploring the history of the Bible. What did it take so that you and I could hold the Bible in our hands and read it for ourselves? There was a lot of bloodshed involved, but also there were men whose perseverance and boldness was beyond imagination. Today on Wonders Without Number, we're going to be looking at God's Word preserved through adversity. Welcome to Wonders Without Number. I'm David Reeves. The purpose of this program is to let you know that you are not the result of random chance. Everything around us is declaring God's infinite glory and wisdom. Now, the Holy Bible contains an inspired, true record of history, and it's been passed down from generation to generation with astounding accuracy. Now, at this time, let's meet our guest. My friend Rusty Maisel is an authority on ancient manuscripts of the Bible. He served as the curator of the Living Word National Bible Museum and major traveling exhibits, including Ink and Blood, From Abraham to Jesus, and Ancient Treasures of the Holy Land. Today, he's graciously brought several pieces from the Enduring Word Traveling Museum, which, by the way, his museum includes a full working model of the Gutenberg Press that we've looked at in other episodes. Please join me in welcoming my good friend, Rusty Maisel. Welcome to the program. Glad to be here again. Yes, sir. Well, tell me just a little bit about the Enduring Word Traveling Museum. We travel around the United States. We are from Texas, so we love being a little closer to home sometimes than others, but we're from Texas and we travel around and we set up our museum exhibit in schools, in churches, in civic centers, in banks, wherever anybody will let us uh, set up and we teach on the history of how we got the Bible uh, using authentic artifacts as a backdrop for our teaching and as tools to illustrate the important points of Bible history. Today, we want to look at how some people have sacrificed their lives so that we could have the Bible today. Well, let's start at the Garden of Eden. Okay. Was the Word of God attacked even in the Garden of Eden? Yes, it was. What did Satan say? Hath God, God said. said. Anyway, from the very beginning, the Word of God has been under attack. So when did the attacks against the Word of God end? They really haven't, have they? They haven't, have they? In this country, nobody attacks the Word of God, do they? Well, yes, they, <laughs> they do, do, don't they? It's illegal to read from the Word of God in some places in this country. Mm -hmm. Classrooms, public places, That's oftentimes. True. How about other countries? As we're speaking right now, People have finished up a Bible study in certain countries around the world and they fear for their lives because they have been reading the Word of God and they have to hide it under the floorboard, in the walls, or in the furniture in hopes that they won't get caught. And when they are caught, sometimes 
they are thrown into prison still and even lose their lives. But that's not new. It has happened all the way down through history. Wow. One of the people who got in trouble for translating the Word of God into a new version of the Latin, mm -hmm. not the Latin Vulgate, was Erasmus of Rotterdam. Now, he was a very popular author, but he even was excommunicated from the church hmm. as a heretic because he had done the translation. He wanted to remain a loyal church member, but he was kicked out because, and later, by the way, reinstated at long after his death. Yeah. But he was because he stood on the word of God. Another person that got into trouble. Martin Luther. And he was tried at the at the Diet of Worms. No, the Diet of Worms. <laughs> okay. Okay. He was tried, and uh, and he said, "I, I cannot and will not recant anything." He was told to, to recant his stand on the Bible, and he said, "Here I stand, on the Word of God. Hmm. I will not recant anything. God help me." And he thought he was going to be taken out and killed. Yes. But his life was spared because a friend of his who was also a powerful man kidnapped him and and took him away and soon his writings spread all over Europe and we had the beginnings of the Protestant Reformation with Erasmus and Martin Luther. Okay. William Tyndale probably knew both of those men. William Tyndale translated the Bible into the English language. He was caught, though, and eventually, without a trial, as far as we know, there was never a trial, he was taken out and strangled. Mm. His last words were, Lord, open the King of England's eyes. Who was the King of England? It was Henry VIII. Oh, okay. And Henry VIII loved one of Tyndale's books. Uh -huh. It was called The Obedience of a Christian Man. And here is part of the prologue to that, to that book. Let me it read it to you. This is hard to read because it's in the uh, Belgian type, the very hard to read type. It says, let it not make thee despair, neither discourage thee, O reader, that it is forbidden in pain of life and goods or that it is made breaking of the king's peace or treason unto his highness to read the word of thy soul's health. Mm. What a beautiful English phrase, the word of thy soul's health. Yes. But much rather be bold in the Lord and comfort thy soul for as much as thou art sure and have an evident token through such persecution that it is the true word of God. It is the true word of God. When you're persecuted for reading it, then you know that you have the true word of God according to William Tyndale. Right. So persecution isn't necessarily a bad thing in God's view. Mm -hmm. And in Tyndale's view, he was persecuted horribly, but he knew that he knew that he knew that he had the Word of God. Wow. That's powerful. 
He was followed up by Miles Coverdale. They killed William Tyndale, but they couldn't stop God's word. Yes. Okay. Coverdale continued on, and he printed several editions of the Bible, even under Henry VIII, allowed him or, or caused him to edit the Great Bible, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But when Mary Tudor came into power, he was arrested and thrown into prison, and his wife bought him out of prison or, or arranged for him to get out of prison. Okay. Okay. Well, she was caught, though. Huh. And when told to recant, she said, I cannot recant yeah. what my, my husband's ministry. He is preaching the truth. Right. They cut out her tongue, mm. and then they burned her at the stake, and she died joyfully singing hymns that people could recognize even without her tongue. It cost him, even though he, he died of old age preaching to huge crowds in London, uh-huh. it cost him terribly yes. to have his wife taken and executed in a very painful manner. Absolutely. Now, Henry VIII, though, who we all love to hate, <laughs> yeah. really was kind of a biblical scholar in some ways, and he allowed the Bible to be, to be printed and distributed in England, and in fact, he wanted his picture on the cover, and he got it. He was the king, after all. Yeah. And here's a picture of him <laughs> passing out the verbum Dei, the Word, Word of, of God, God, to everybody in the country. Okay. But it was through persecution that it came to this point. And Tyndale's last words. Lord, open the king of England's eyes. Hmm. This was three years after Tyndale prayed. This, this was? This was three years. Tyndale prayed as he was being executed. Yes. Lord, open the king of England's eyes. Almost at exactly the same time, Henry VIII received a copy of Coverdale's Bible. Really? And he read it and he said, I don't see what all the fuss is. Now that's a paraphrase yeah, of what yeah. he said, but he, but he tolerated it. Mm -hmm. Okay. The next year he got a copy of the Matthews Bible and allowed that of Thomas, of, of, of Rogers Bible. And he allowed that to be distributed on a limited basis. Okay. And, and three years later, he commanded every church in England to have it. So Tyndale's prayer was answered, wasn't it? Yes, it was. In just three years. In just three years. Here's John Rogers' execution. They forced his family. He had a, he had a big family. There are lots of Rogers around, descended from John Rogers. Yeah. Uh, he, was, he was forced to be executed and his family forced to watch. Oh. Even a babe that he had never seen, was. they had to bring that babe out there to witness his, the father's execution. Mm. This is persecution, it right? It is. But John Rogers' edition that came out called the Thomas Matthew Bible was the very edition that came down to us as the King James Version later on. Really? It's probably the most important edition of the Bible ever printed. The, uh, the Matthew's Bible, the first edition in 1539, printed under Henry VIII, is the text no, pardon me, 1537, uh -huh. uh, an illegal Bible, but during the reign of Henry VIII is probably the most important text because it came down to us as the King James Bible. Hmm. So he had an important role to play. Right. 
Now, during the reign of Mary Tudor, the pilgrims or the Puritans basically had to leave the country. But other folks too, Presbyterians, the Church of Scotland, had to leave the country. They went to Geneva where they produced the most popular Bible ever printed up to that time called the Geneva Bible. Okay. It was the first Bible to be printed in Roman type. Okay. It was the first Bible to have verse numbers. Really? Yes. Prior to 1560, there was no John 3.16. Okay. You see? Huh, Prior so this to that was time, significant. And also, it was the first Bible that was really a study Bible, had extensive notes on the sides and at the bottoms of the pages. Wow. So this Bible, which was printed usually in a small size, could be carried. It was easier to read than the, than the black letter. It had verse numbers, so you could have references in sure. it. And, and so this Bible went through over 140 printings and became the most popular Bible. Why was it produced? All of the Protestants were basically kicked out of England. Okay. And forced to flee for their lives. Yeah. Coverdale was one of them. He was one of the editors of this one. Huh. He had edited, edited his own Bible. He had edited the Great Bible. And now he was an editor of the, Geneva. of the Geneva Bible because he was under persecution and forced to flee for his life from England. Hmm. The Bible, God's Word, has been preserved through persecution That's exactly all these right. years. Wow. How about that? I mean, really, we look back and we say, well, when, when you persecute the church, that's when they do best, don't we? Sometimes that <laughs> it, is the it case. It seems like it, yeah. You're listening to Wonders Without Number with David Reeves. The message presented today was filmed in studio at David Reeves Ministries' Wonders of Creation Center and is available in video format with powerful accompanying visuals. Subscribe to our Genesis Plus package online to get instant access to the video format of this message and hundreds of others right on your computer or mobile device. God does great things past finding out and wonders without number. Our belief in the creator and designer of the universe isn't illogical by any means. We as Christians realize that we have faith in Christ and what the Bible teaches us. But here's the thing. It's not a blind faith. The evidence is all around us. All you have to do is open your eyes and the glory of God is revealed. That's what the book of Romans tells us. The things that were created are revealing God's power in such a profound way that if we deny it, we're without excuse. The true intellectual acknowledges that there is someone so much greater in control and without him, we are nothing. Jesus cares about you. He wants you to be a part of His family. And if you've never received Him, the decisions you make today will have an eternal impact. We have a loving Creator who is able. If you are encouraged by this message and would like to be a part of sharing this information with millions across the globe, we would love to hear from you. Give us a call at 931 212-7990 or write us at David Reeves Ministries Post Office Box 2824 Lewisburg, Tennessee 37091 
Visit our website, davidreeves.com today. That's davidreves.com. And now, back to Wonders Without Number with David Reeves. The pilgrims forced to come to, to America. They were in Leyden, Holland, and they, uh, they couldn't go back to England. So, Miles Standish and, the, and, the, uh, and this English company allowed them to go form a colony in what became Massachusetts. Okay. And they took with them not only, not only the Geneva Bible, but also the then brand new King James Bible. Huh. And so we had both Bibles in America, but this, but, uh, but primarily they really liked the Geneva, Geneva Bible. Bible. Okay. okay. And that's the one that had notes in it, and it was the first English edition to have verse numbers. Is that correct? That's right. Wow. Okay. Okay. Under Queen Elizabeth, ah, this is interesting, the Roman Catholic Church had never produced an English Bible. They'd wanted to, many people had wanted to produce an English Bible and that were, that were good Catholics, but nobody had ever allowed them to. And so uh, when, Mary, when Mary Tudor died mm -hmm. and her sister Elizabeth became Queen of England. She was Protestant, she, she made right? a, She was Protestant. Okay. And she made a big deal out of, we're not going to persecute Catholics, we're not going to persecute Catholics, okay? Mm -hmm. And there were letters and such and told Catholics you're going to be okay. Just the same, if you were in the Catholic hierarchy, you could easily end up in trouble. You wouldn't be charged for religious reasons, but if you were talking against the Church of England right. now, uh, you might be tried for sedition, okay. and you might, uh, you might end up in prison, and so most of the Catholic hierarchy had to leave the country. Hmm. In other words, the priests and the bishops, not every Catholic, not every parish priest had to leave the country but the bishops pretty much had to leave. The ones that didn't ended up in prison. Is that right? But the ones that did leave went to a town of Reims where they produced the first English Bible for Roman Catholics. It was translated from the Vulgate. Okay. Okay, and so now Roman Catholic believers had a New Testament in the English language to read. Oh, yes. And they were smuggled back into England just like the Protestant Bibles were during the Catholic years. Huh. Okay, but guess what? They were immediately made illegal again. Right. Okay, this was an illegal Bible. And if a Roman Catholic person or anybody was caught with a Reims New Testament, they were most certainly arrested and maybe not treated that terribly under Elizabeth, but in fact... If you were a cat, if you were a priest and caught with this, you would almost certainly be imprisoned and maybe even tortured. Is that right? There is a letter to the uh, to the London Gazette that that speaks of a priest who is in prison, and and they said we can hear him screaming, so we know that he's being tortured in the tower. Yeah, and the powers that be came back out. The, 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 uh, the tower guard submitted a letter back to the Gazette saying, yes, uh, 
the, the father is being uh, held here, but he is only being racked most charitably. Most charitably racked. <laughs> he should be able to walk. Oh. Or he may be able to walk. I think that's what it says. Uh-huh. If he should get out. Now, there was some struggle as to uh, what Bible do we use? That's right. I, I, like this, I like this one. Ah, that's a good when, illustration. Uh, when at the end of the reign of Elizabeth, when James came into power, when he came down from Scotland, okay. he was born Catholic, he was raised Presbyterian, and now he was made the head of the Church of England. And people were saying, what Bible should we read? There uh-huh. was hopes that he would be ecumenical, but we have here a, a cartoon from that time uh-huh. uh, where we have Catholics and, and Puritans, Puritans and ch- high churchmen, okay. uh, four different factions saying, we're all struggling over the Bible. Right. We now have, we have the Tyndale Bible, the Coverdale Bible, the Thomas Matthew Bible, we have the Taverner's Bible, <laughs> we have the Geneva Bible, and we have the Bishop's Bible, as well as uh, the new uh, Catholic, the Catholic Bible, the Reims. Okay. Which then later became the, the Douay Bible. Yeah. Was published. People were saying, "What Bible? What do we use? What do we reuse? Does that sound familiar?" Uh huh. Same. But you see, all of these Bibles were produced under adversity. That's right. We're it's almost new. out of time, but. Tell us how it all sort of came together. King James was approached by the Puritan leader, Sir John Reynolds, and they, they called a conference and decided to produce a new Bible that they hoped would be less controversial. It would have no notes in it. It wouldn't have uh, any particular leaning toward one way or another. And what was produced then was the first edition of the King James Bible. Suddenly becoming available to the popular people. Accessible to, to the average person. what then became basically the official Bible of the English-speaking world. Sort of the, the standard. The King James Bible. All of this produced because of adversity. We're just so excited to learn the history of the Bible and how it's impacted generation after generation and it's been preserved through much persecution and much adversity. Thank you again. You're quite welcome. My pleasure. What a look at history we've just had. God has preserved the Holy Bible through some extremely trying times, and today, people around the world have the opportunity to study the scriptures for themselves. It's been passed down for thousands of years, yet it still remains the same. You know, by the grace of God, we're able to pick up the Bible and read it for ourselves. But also, by His amazing grace, we can be a part of His family. If you'd like to be eternally His, you must be able to admit that you're a sinner. Jesus Christ, Yeshua of Nazareth, is our Savior. He died for our sins and He will cleanse you of all unrighteousness, if you'll only ask. I'm David Reeves, and until our next time on Wonders Without Number, keep looking up. Truly, the heavens declare the glory of God. Hello, I'm David Reeves, host of the television show Creation in the 21st Century on TVN and author of the book Wonders Without Number. When we look at science from a biblical perspective, remarkable things are revealed. 
Belief in the historical account of creation as found in the book of Genesis reveals much about the meaning of life and gives reason for our existence. Where did all the matter in the universe come from? In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Visit our website and sign up for our email updates to receive links to free videos dealing with science, astronomy, creation, and the Bible. Give us a call to find out more about David Reeves Ministries or to order additional copies of this DVD and our other great resources. Like us on Facebook and drop us a line on how this program has impacted your life. I'm David Reeves. Truly, the heavens declare the glory of God.